culture says any old lamb will do. There are many lambs that lead to salvation. God said it better be the right lamb. Mm -hmm. Jesus said I am the way, the truth and the light. He didn't say I am a way. He didn't say I am a truth. Your truth, my truth, their truth is all relative. No. Jesus said I'm the truth. He said I'm not a life, I'm the life. I'm the way to live. I'm not one of many lifestyles. I am the lifestyle. You haven't lived until you've lived for Jesus. Any old lamb won't do. It's got to be the right lamb. It's got to be the one God says. So what happened? Israel was getting ready. They were putting their clothes on. Staff in their hand, they were getting ready. And while they were getting ready, some of the Egyptians saw them, and they started getting ready too. You know, the promise was for everybody who applied the blood of the Lamb. Child of God, you might work with some Egyptians. You might have some Egyptians in your family. But you know what? If you get right, they just might watch you and start getting right too. Come on, somebody. Some, listen, you've worked with a co-worker who has made fun of you, who has called you a holy roller, who's called you a Jesus freak, who's called you crazy, called you John the Baptist, all kinds of stuff. But you know what? When they find themselves in, themselves in crisis, who do you think they're going to go to? Not the drinking buddies. They ain't going to be jerking and twerking in the club. They're going to come to somebody who has got a hold of God. So you keep doing right and you keep getting ready and they just might come and start getting ready too. Amen? Promises for everybody who applies the blood. They had life through the death of the lamb. And God said, when I see the blood, I will not let the destroyer come in. I want you to notice that Israel was saved in Exodus 12. The same thing, same way that we're saved. By faith in the blood of the Lamb. Think about it. The Israelites were not out there at midnight with swords fighting that death angel. No. It came down to one thing. Has the blood of the Lamb been applied to you? The Bible says that there were cries in the night. 
as the death angel passed through Egypt and Pharaoh told Moses, get out. And in a single night, the whole nation of Israel was set free from the bondage of slavery. You need to know that God can do in a moment what you cannot do in a lifetime. Some of you have tried and tried and tried to break free of the enemy's trap in your life. God can do through the blood of the lamb in an instant what you couldn't do for years. That is the power of our God. He alone has the power to save and heal and deliver and set free. And God said in his word, he said, I am the Lord. I change not. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that delivered the Israelites by the blood of the lamb in Exodus 12 can deliver you right now this very day. God is able. He can do in a moment what you can't do in a lifetime. In a single night, God set an entire nation free. And this is what the Bible says. Not one of them came out of Egypt weak. Beat down, enslaved, harsh, cruel labor. But look at this, Psalm 105, 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Mm, that's the word for somebody. They lived in slavery. They lived in poverty. They had been beaten, yet not a single person among them came out weak. There was no sickness, no disease, not even a broken bone among them. You see, not only were they saved by the blood of the lamb, they were healed by the blood of the lamb. And on top of all that, God provided. Yeah, I'm trying to build somebody's faith this morning. Somebody needs a breakthrough, and I'm just telling you, God's going to do it for you. On top of all that, God provided everything that they needed. Exodus 12, 35, the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. The Egyptians hated them. And God gave them favor. You got people who hate you. They hate your guts. They hate your stinking guts. They can't stand you. And they don't even know why. They hate you because you're a Christian. You got all that joy. you just happy all the time. I had a boss years ago that she made sure that I was never on her shift because she hated that I was always happy. Well, bless your heart. Get a little Jesus. You might be happy too. Some people hate you. And the favor of God is greater than their hatred. God can turn it around and make them bless you. The Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. <laughs> There's salvation. There is freedom. There is healing. And there is provision in the blood of the Lamb. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 calls Jesus our Passover Lamb. 
And when you put your faith in Jesus, the blood of the Lamb is applied to your life. That means when the enemy comes in to kill, steal, and destroy, the blood of Jesus testifies against him, saying, though this house belongs to me, you have no right here. Everything the Passover Lamb gave Israel, Jesus has provided for us, and so much more. Are you thankful for the blood of Jesus in your life? Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb. And just as God commanded Israel to remember the Passover, Jesus has commanded us, the church, to remember him through communion. You see, it was on Passover that Jesus was crucified. Just as they sacrificed the lamb in Exodus, Jesus gave his life, the perfect lamb of God. He sacrificed himself for us that we would be set free from the power of sin and death. Communion is a reminder that the covenant Jesus made with his own blood for us is a reminder that Jesus defeated the gods of this world and he has triumphed over them and broken their power over us. And we're getting ready in just a moment to take communion. But before we do that, if you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, now is the time. 1 Peter 2.24 says that Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Salvation is not something that we earn. It is the gift of God. Imagine I give you a birthday present and you take out your wallet and try to find some cash to reimburse me. Bless your heart. That ain't how gifts work. The Bible says that salvation is the gift. It is the greatest gift in human history. If there was anything we ever should have had to work for and earn, it would be salvation. But the Bible says that salvation is so great and we were so lost in our sins, we couldn't possibly earn it. That's the power of the love of God for us. Jesus willingly gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins that we could be set free. And we are saved by faith in what Jesus has done for us. It is the gift of God to you and me. Will you close your eyes for a moment as we pray? Father, I pray, Lord, if there's somebody here this morning, they're struggling with the weight of sin. God, they're struggling, Lord, with their purpose in life. Why am I here? Why do I exist? Lord, I pray, God, in this moment that they would know that you created them. Lord, that you love them, that you care for them. Lord, you know them by name. You know their past. You know their present. Every struggle they've ever had. And, Lord, I thank you that you love them unconditionally and you want nothing but good for their life. Lord, you want them to be free. You want them to be healed. You want them to be made whole and restored. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them the faith and the boldness today in this moment. God, to trust their life to your hands. God, that they would find freedom in you this morning. And Lord, I thank you for your love for them. As we continue to pray, I want to lead you in a simple prayer to help you start your journey of faith in Jesus. Will you just pray this prayer with me, dear Jesus? I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you. Save me. Set me free. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And with your help, I'll live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, you've made the greatest 
decision of your lifetime. Jesus, your Passover lamb, has broken the power of sin and death off of you. Hallelujah. Will you stand this morning as the ushers come to give out the communion cups? For communion, we take a little wafer and a little cup of grape juice, which represent the body and the blood of Jesus. And we eat the bread and drink the cup, symbolically receiving the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Communion is not mandatory. Just because you're here doesn't mean you have to take communion, but I hope you do. You see, communion is not for unbelievers, but it's for, and it's not for people living in sin. You see, when we take communion, our hearts have to be pure before God. The Bible actually warns us about not taking communion seriously. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. So the Bible says that we should take communion very, very seriously. So we're not going to just jump right into communion. We're going to take just a few minutes to pray, to stand before God and allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts. If there's any sin or rebellion inside of us, because we're